Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. On this episode, Gary and I are discussing the amazing game last weekend in the rain in Halifax, uh, where we won 3-0 against Valor. Uh, Gary, how was your view from where you were in the grounds and how wet did you get? Got incredibly wet, just like everyone else. Um, <laughs> but it was all worth it in the end. It was. I find on occasions like that when the weather's really bad, you kind of, you kind of look around at everyone else and like you just think like you're sick. You're sick in the head for wanting to be here, and I'm sick in the head for being here as well. But then you go and win, and it's all worth it. And I, I was absolutely convinced that I was going to end nil nil. Like like halfway through the first half, I was like, no matter how well we play, no matter what happens. It feels like this is going to be some some huge rite of passage for us as supporters to kind of sit through a dour nil-nil draw in the pissing rain <laughs> and just like just be like, I'll probably do that again next weekend if it was happening because that's what being a supporter is all about. So brilliant that we ended up winning, but I'm paying for it. I've had a bit of a cold. I've had a bit of a cold since, which like... I, I'm well aware my grandmother is wrong and that being out in the wet doesn't give you a cold, but or the correlation is there. So so tonight, instead of sipping on a beer, I'm sipping on a herbal tea, which I know is not good for your brand. Maybe Jesus Christ. down 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 the apothecary tea shop <laughs> rather than down the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> That's way too much. That's way too long of a thing to put in there. Uh, yeah, I uh, I actually I wasn't gonna go, um, but then I got uh, I got offered a, a free ticket for one hundred and four. So I actually yeah. saw you at the game. I never yeah. see you normally. I know. Uh, well, you could probably see everybody because there wasn't that many people there. Because as you said, it was only the the sick few amongst us who decided to uh, to to wade out into it. But excuse um, me, there, there were there were four thousand nine hundred of us, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so, so, someone added an extra o on yeah, so, so, so somebody had a broken uh counter i think so anyway uh yeah the, the app the abacus they used for it was uh <laughs> was fucked up I, I was normally sit with the lads uh um from my football team it was one of the lads davy glover who gave me the ticket um thanks to davy uh but when i went in it was they were all there was a bunch of them there because they're all sick fucks i sat down where chris Searle was there wasn't too many people on that bench so i i broke the yeah. rules and didn't go to my assigned seat and how was so, how was your claustrophobia because you felt it, a bit claustrophobic last yeah time, it, it was awesome because the whole thing was open so you know there was, there was only like one or two people on the same row as us so we're like right mm. at the front um it, it was <laughs> i was right there do you remember the, the the clip that i posted there of the guy down in the beer I was there for that whole interaction. It was absolutely awesome. Like so, the game had just started, oh, yeah. and somebody had passed the ball. I kicked the ball out, and he went to grab it and dropped his beer. And then we were like, "Oh no!" And then he picked it up like a, the <laughs> champion that he is, and was down the rest of it. Oh, it was we were, amazing. We were, we were all cheering. And so I, I think to your point there, with all the the sick and twist people that were there, I, I find the games that are like kind of rainy like that. Um, it doesn't really matter what's happening on the pitch because there's so much because we're all in it together, right? And there's always yeah. something crazy going on because at the club cleverly said you know whoever turns up with the best kind of rain gear 
wins mm. like a, a VIP package and it was a signed jersey and all that kind of stuff. And that, that bloke in the donut, surely oh, man, he, won. he did. Surely that, won that. He, he did. Good. It was absolutely incredible. He was like standing down by my buddy Steve, and I was just like, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it does. You're right. It does. It does create like a really fun atmosphere when you're there. Like as I, I was there first out of my group of mates, and like as each of them kind of walked up the stairs, you just give each other that like little knowing smile of like what the fuck are we doing like I know. standing there getting wetter and wetter and it's like what the yeah how I mean, is my... this like a how is this like a recreational fun activity i, I met my buddy uh i met my buddy andy at a kai brady's uh for a point pre-match just because we just as a rendezvous and just as we walked outside we're just like what the fuck are we doing here and then when we got there just it started pelting it and i was just like uh, I guess we're in it for the long haul, and you know, and <laughs> the the uh, I, I must say the um, the happy hour beers up until four o'clock was actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like so I, I I got to actually take uh, part in this because normally by the time I get there, like happy hour is over. So mm. I was, I was you know, I, I think like the final, I think the final step to us being a legitimate football club will be the year that that happens, that game in those conditions, but we lose one nil. Yeah. And it's just miserable. Like when that day comes, I welcome that day because we we are a legitimate football club <laughs> when we've all suffered through that together. Yeah. That sort of occasion. That's that that's when like that's when we have our first uh like riot at the ground. <laughs> Definitely, yes. <laughs> like, Storm the pit. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, before before we get into the kind of game itself, uh, I wanted to congratulate you for starting it. And I think I kind of jumped on the bandwagon there to get uh the justice for Jan um uh campaign yeah. that, that you'd started and we got him into the team. It was nothing he did nothing himself. It was well I, I was I was gonna say no like what the most important thing here is not his performances, it's how we can make this about us. Yeah. Exactly. That's what's important here. How can we make this about us and not him? And I think we're doing a fine job of that. Right well, now. we've got we got Wes into the team. We got yeah. uh, we've got Jan into the team. I think I think the Mo Omar thing is on us too, to be honest. You know, he hasn't been in yeah. there for, for a while. Um, you know, I saw Nate Ingham's game against uh, Forge and he was fantastic. This is the week he should have been in it, but we had started our campaign, the the, the folks at one soccer shit themselves a little bit or the Canadian Premier League wherever does the fucking thing <laughs> and we're like okay we don't want that we don't want to be having to listen to the down the pub boys uh, giving us a hard time anymore so they uh, <laughs> begrudgingly put Jan Philly on whoever whoever like whoever like the little 17 year old intern at campiel.ca is who they're like Oh, we've, we've got like like Charlie's got to write some article Benedict's got to write some articles Chris Christian's like moonlighting as a one soccer correspondent and they're like <laughs> right give it give it to little give it to little danny the 17 year old intern just pick a team of the week and he's there holding his cup of cola shaking nervously like oh, heck. it's like uh so at work there's uh whenever they're doing like a prize draw there's like a an app online where it's like a, a roulette wheel and they put everybody's name into it yeah i feel like that's basically what they do they just spin that wheel and whoever it spits <laughs> out was like yeah you're the you're the the player of the week so yeah well no, honestly though no, well done yeah well done great, boys yeah, <laughs> yeah he had a, he had a great game uh I, I just feel like um like dan nimick is just like it's like the, the first name on the, the team sheet of the the team of the week at this stage so as he should be as yeah. he should be yeah I, I mean it's just uh 
in, incredible um like especially in the last month or two it's kind of really ramped up like the attention on him and he's a top scorer i know and he hasn't he hasn't let it go to his head like you know he's still the same humble guy and you know um i i i messed i messaged his dad today because his dad I, his dad was asking me something about something and uh his dad was like uh yeah like we just don't want it to like go to his head and i was like well he's walking around town with a crown on his head he wouldn't want to nip that in the bud. So, so King Dan. Um, I I also asked him about uh, asked Dan about the. I don't know if you saw the article that um, uh, one soccer or C, the CPL had wrote about. Yeah, him I and, did. And, it's good. And they and they called him Iron Man. And I was like, was that your suggestion or did they come up with it? But apparently Patrice has come up with calling him Iron Man. Which Iron Man? Okay. Yeah. I we are not. Get involved with that. He can fuck off if he thinks we're ever <laughs> going to cut Lamar man on this show. So <laughs> we're, we're the one that man in. We've given him enough compliments over the past. <laughs> if anything, the MLS moves down to yeah, us, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's it. You know, like we fucked up with the Mo Farsi stuff. This is their get. This is their comeback year to get somebody into the MLS. So yeah. Um, we will not be calling it. We're the two that are going to keep him grounded by saying there's no way in God's green earth we're ever going to fucking call you Iron Man, you twat. All right. So, um, <laughs> calling our best stop. player. Yeah, calling our best player a twat. Great start to the show. Um, so get, getting into the game, obviously 3 0. It's become a bit of a habit at this stage, but um, this, as you mentioned, the first half it was kind of it was kind of cagey. Um, so how did you think? Valor set up uh, compared to the way that we set up because we kind of almost cancelled each other out. I thought in that first half. Yeah, I mean, Valor. Like, like, I guess the first question to ask is like, how do we like to play? And we like to progress the ball centrally. Like, our big thing is we like to find little passing lanes in central positions so we can kind of get the ball through to our attacking midfielders in a pocket who can then turn and like face their goal. So what Valor did is played three, five, two and just completely packed to the middle of the pitch out. So they were just trying to block off every single possible passing lane. They sat someone on Lorenzo as well and man marked Lorenzo because they know most things go through him and they just made it really difficult for us to play through. And I think what we kind of tried to do to combat that was like, we, we, we've talked a million times about the box midfield. So you'd have like Lorenzo and Omar as a double pivot. And then ahead of them, Callum Watson would be like the left eight and Aidan Daniels would move in from the right wing to be the right eight. And it's kind of like a nice square box. But when I was watching on Saturday, I said to um, Felix, who came and I don't know if you know Felix, suburban guy, but he came up and sat with us. And I was saying to him, like, I think we're playing a diamond at the moment. Like it didn't look like a box because you kind of had either Omar or Lorenzo playing as a single pivot and then slightly ahead to the right was whoever wasn't standing as a single pivot. Um, and that happened all match. And what it, what it looked like to me was in in positional play, which is kind of Pep Guardiola's whole thing, De Zerbi's whole thing. And like we know Patrice loves those as coaches. Like in positional play, what coaches do is they they kind of divide the pitch into vertical and horizontal lines. And one of the principles of positional play is not always, but, but they kind of encourage players not to stand on the same line too often. So you don't really want two players standing on the same vertical line or horizontal line, because if they are standing there, they're essentially blocking off a passing lane by being there. They're in the way of their teammate. And I think what we did with Lorenzo and Omar in that game was try to kind of 
give ourselves a bit more structural depth. So because someone was man marking Lorenzo and because they packed the middle of the pitch, we said to them, okay, if one of you is standing as a single pivot, the other one of you has to kind of move forward and right. And you're dragging a player with you and suddenly the passing lane has appeared because you've like pulled a player wide who thought you were going to stand centrally. And I thought as well, those two weren't only doing that, but also our attacking players were doing that. So if you think about little pod relationships on the pitch, you've got like Massimo Ferran and Callum Watson, Massimo playing as the left winger, Watson as the left eight. Those two were constantly switching as well with each other. So often Massimo would come quite narrow, which is unusual for him. And Callum would rotate out to like very, very wide left. And on the right-hand side, Zach Fernandez and Aidan Daniels would do that too. So if you think about like, when you're staring at a formation graphic, it's quite static. But if you think about within that formation graphic, those little blobs of colour are swapping constantly and moving constantly. And every time they move, they bring a marker with them, which opens up a passing lane. So I think to kind of give ourselves the chance to have passing lanes during the game, we just said to the players, okay, keep on rotating, keep on moving. So if they are man marking us across the pitch, you're always pulling players with you and creating new lanes. Um, And then obviously like having someone like Lorenzo in the team, he's a cheat code for that. Like he'll, he'll find passing lanes that don't exist and just like, like he could, fucking drill a hole for a mountainside and like put a highway through it like he's that good <laughs> at like just finding finding passing lanes that don't exist and just finding a weird little angle so yeah having him helps too so yeah i thought first half valor were really good at packing that central space but we kind of slowly figured out how to pass through it and we got much better and and like that's that's a huge thing like i mean like at the beginning of the season we kind of talked a little bit because we're getting so many draws and, and stuff like that um we were kind of being because of the way we like to play I and mean, we like that we like to have the ball that people were kind of figuring us out a little bit and kind of like playing um like defending properly against the system that we had the fact that we're now working around that goes to show you like that the team is evolving and mm. the coaching is like I, I can only imagine how much practice goes into a training session to work out those horizontal affairs like that's yeah that's a lot of work. I mean, and it's like it's credit to everybody, but it, it did feel a lot that we were kind of wearing them down. That mm. you know, as you said, like we're kind of pulling them here, there, and everywhere, and eventually, like especially on a, a heavy pitch, you know, as a defender, that's just going to eventually wear you down. And once that first goal went in, it was kind of like they were pretty much done, really, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it was always going to be that way. They, you always felt that first goal was incredibly important, and as soon as as soon as as soon as they conceded it, you just saw them collapse. They didn't want to be there. It was a shitty weather, and they just went. Um, but yeah, like I, I just think it's 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 been evident since the first game of the season. But it becomes more evident by the week. Just just how well coached we are. Like like compared to a lot of teams in the league, we're doing something so progressive and so modern. And and I feel like like I loved the interview you did with Jed last week I thought it was a brilliant interview and he spoke really well and it was so insightful to like hear him talking about coming up against Patrice uh, um was it like college level or something and I think it was in Ontario or something like that it was an Ontario game yeah yeah and just kind of recognizing that 
what what Patrice was doing tactically, no, really no one else in the country was doing. And that kind of made Jed as an opponent have to raise his game and develop himself more tactically. And then you've got Jordan in the mix as well, who is also like a really, really sharp football mind, as we found out when we interviewed him. So you put all of these people in the mix and it sounds like all of them have like quite robust opinions and robust discussions around it. And you put all that into the mix and just these really, really fantastic ideas come out of it and like ways to deal with different problems like the problem we have against valor of them packing the middle will be a different problem than when we play forge who also like to play like quite progressively in an attacking way um and that's a completely different problem so to have different solutions for each game is is really important and like i like i just like the variation in what we can do like if if the passing lanes aren't there we can just as easily go okay dan nimick like play 50 yard diagonal onto Massimo Ferran's big toe and he can do that so you <laughs> just kind of you go over the press which is like kind of one of the big things that's happening in football now like you look at like a Pep Guardiola team or a Mikel Arteta team they're signing big strikers now and big forwards because they've kind of the like teams are getting so good at pressing space that they need a plan b so we've obviously got a bit of that to us as well, where, yeah, we want to be a team that plays like through the thirds, triangles, passing lanes. But if we need to go long, we can also go long. And that's OK. Like that's still within the game model. It's still within our principles of play. We're not we're not like sacrificing our principles by doing that. It's just another way of playing. So, yeah, yeah I, I must say, like, uh, it was kind of nice. To, the good thing about like, obviously, it was. Uh, Jed Davies Day like last last Thursday because it was the interview from the club and then <laughs> my episode too. I, I, but but it, it was kind. Of, I, I did find it interesting from both. It's like just um, you know, I, I, he's kind of like people haven't really kind of clued into who he is or what what he's done kind of thing. Because obviously Jordan was part and parcel of the Patrice thing, right? But I didn't. I guess we all didn't kind of realize as much like having listened to, to Jed about how much Jordan actually studies stuff from Europe. So he's bringing in Portuguese influences. So he mm. must be watching watching a ton of games and studying. And then obviously Jed has his own stuff that he's bringing in. So it's like it's not just uh, one person concocting all of this stuff. It just feels like there's like three people all working in the same direction to uh, outsmart and outplay uh, some of the, the the best managers in the league, like you know, and it's mm. uh, you know, it, it's it's so it's so interesting, you know. Like I, obviously, I, I I made my a couple of points on the the thing not to uh, like bad out Stephen Hart because it, like he's been amazing, but it's just uh, I I felt like it was always like Stephen on his own kind of like you know it was his way, and and then obviously like last year we we had Dorado come in who kind of tried to change things around. But this definitely feels like it's a kind of a a proper everybody's together. Like you mentioned, Jan as well. You know, Jan's got full of ideas. It just feels like there's a huge momentum at the club right now, and it's it's all thanks to this this, this mess of people who've come from different <laughs> backgrounds. It's 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 awesome. And that's the great thing about football is that you know, like you know, people come from different parts of the world, but they all kind of speak one language. That's kind of part of why we love the game, I guess. But um, I did want to kind of just bring up, like you know, um, obviously Dan Nimick is like we, as we mentioned earlier on, is like the 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 man of the moment and stuff for that. But the whole back line has been incredible. Like you know, you sent you messed me earlier on to say that we have like the best uh, goals against in the the yeah. league now, which like it, it is incredible. Like it, it's just a well oiled machine right now back there, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I mean, if you'd have said to someone after Daniil Henry signed that would be sitting here four, six games later and he still wouldn't have started. And not only that, but no one's really calling for him to start. Like he's he's a Canadian international defender. He's still only 32 or whatever he is. When he's come on, he's looked really, really good. But I think even he would kind of understand why he's not starting. Like we've looked fantastic defensively. Um, just just the balance of what we've got there. We've got like got like Kale Offrey who's been who's flown under the radar because I, th- I think rightfully so. Dan Nimick has had a lot of really positive attention because he's, I mean, he's arguably the player of the season, so he deserves every bit of it. But Kale Offrey as well has been has been really really good, and it would have been easy for him. Like he's only twenty two, by the way. Like he's not an old guy. It'd have been easy for him to kind of almost cede his place to Daniil when Daniil came in and yeah. be like, but he hasn't, he's got, like, I feel like he's grown since and he's grown as a player since, which show, which shows like the character of him to not kind of crumble under a Canadian international again, breathing down your neck. Um, so he's like, he's kind of the center of it all, the big guy that kind of, he, I, I'd say he's, he doesn't move around as much as the rest of the defenders. He's more solidly, he stands there. And then you've got Dan Nimick, who's kind of, playing to the right of him and also covering the space Zach Fernandez leaves. You've got Wesley Timoteo, who we've talked about a lot, who's just kind of, it's been such a pleasant surprise seeing him come in as a left centre-back, a left-back who kind of is a left centre-back as well and do that job. And I feel like recently as well, he's been given more licence to attack too. Um, so that's been good because he has got so much end products as we've yeah. seen with some of the assists. Um, so they just, they just work really well as a unit and yeah, Zach Fernandez, who I think is more of a right winger, but he's still in certain phases of the game has to drop back in there and play as a right back. They just, they just work really well as a unit and it's, we shouldn't forget how young they are as a group. It's insane. Fernand- think about it. Zach Fernandez, 21 years old. The rest of them are 22 years old, I believe. Just generally, like our defence, but generally, we we had the youngest starting eleven in the league over the weekend. Like our starting eleven was like the average age is like twenty three point eight, I think, and that's with 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 Jan in there, who's twenty seven, twenty eight years old. If you take him out, like our outfielders, that's like an average age of twenty two or something, or twenty two and a half. I can't like we're a really really young team still. Like we we should be far more of a work in progress than we actually are. Um, so th- for those for that back four slash back three to be doing that at their age with the competition for places that now exists in an emotional high pressure moment in the season is just it's just an incredible credit to them as a group. Do you know the way um, we we have the inverted fullback thing where like Wes will pull across and become a centre back when we're under attack and stuff like that? Is is Zach now doing that on the right hand side because we're allowing? Uh, where's to push forward himself is that is that like we're kind of just switching wingers kind of thing no i think because i mean zach zach is a is a right winger like he he's a right winger i think now when wes has more license to go forward again it's about relationships on the pitch and like players knowing when to swap positions so if if wesley does go forward because he sees danger he sees a gap i think he has a license to do that it's just about lorenzo and omar being really switched on and one of them dropping into the space that wesley vacates and and that's down to communication that's down to kale giving one of them a shout to say drop lorenzo drop or or him just noticing himself so yeah one of the sixes will kind of cover that space rather than zach becoming a right center back rather than a right winger okay that makes sense um so you know you did mention there uh, mo omar the 
you know, at the start of the season, he was kind of much maligned, uh, Mo Omar, but he's he's really grown into it and he's made the team of the week this week. Um, mm. I mean, like the I think the I think he laid on the pass from Morelli to do that assist for the third goal, which I don't think he's making that pass game three or four this season. He's definitely kind of come on and grown into that role like a little bit, and he's kind of almost made that position his own and like like Rampersa has to kind of like fight for his place which was never mm-hmm. a thing really right so like um what did you think of his performance and like how has he changed over the season into the player he is now yeah I thought he was fantastic again he's really he's really grown this season like I've talked about it before like I, I I was never convinced about him as a midfielder at this level I thought he looked like a really really good six in college because you get a lot more time on the ball but that first season I always felt like he couldn't he couldn't really play 360 degrees like he kind of would get caught out a lot if a player was closing him down from behind, but he's, he's developing that side of his game. I think I, I what I imagine the coaches have worked with him on is scanning because I feel like players who scan well, like that's again, one of the biggest cheat codes you can have to improve a player at any level. Like if you're playing five a side with your mates, if you learn how to scan, you become like, 10 times the player you were before just like always looking around so you know your surroundings so when you get the ball you already know where you're going to pass it because you know where your teammates are and I think like his scanning is his has come on leaps and bounds and he just he just seems more confident like he he seems more like a man now doesn't he like I felt like I felt like last season he was kind of he'd come from college where he was the captain and he was the leader of that group and I feel like he was trying to like trans transfer that into like an adult professional environment um but and he was trying hard like but it just wasn't quite coming off but this season he's just he looks like an adult like he's he's putting it about on the pitch like he's very physical he's a lot more robust than you think he is because he's quite like his frame's quite slender isn't it but he's still like quite powerful and muscular when he's when he's in duels so and and he's always been pretty tidy on the ball so it's just a case of layering that other stuff on top of it just going back to the to the Jed thing, like like you know, he kind of mentioned that one of his favorite things to do is to do one on one coaching with players. And I know you mentioned Callum Watson. You you would feel that one of his uh, projects was probably what you exactly said there with with Mo Omar. Like he's definitely is. He he doesn't seem to get cut out as much as you mentioned. And that, that was what people were getting kind of pissed off. It was that like you know like he was coughing the ball up really easily in in like dangerous areas, and he just doesn't. It's not happening as much. Obviously, having Lorenzo beside you can kind of dig you out a little bit if you're in a tight space. Could helps, but um, there is definitely like when you're talking about you understand between the back line, but the back line and those two sixes in front, it, like it's as you mentioned, like they kind of like fall back into into place when they need to. Like it's just it's all kind of coming together a little bit and it, it just, mm. it looks really good to watch before we get into our, uh, the reader, reader questions or listener questions. Um, who was your, Oh, Morelli, first of all, like did, as soon as that ball was played through to him, did you know, did you know for certain he was going to score? I, I no doubt in my mind, as soon as I saw that he's like, I've seen him wheel away, man. Like that is, that guy is <laughs> loving life right now. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. Like, um, yeah, the sec- the second like you look at the assistant ref and see that he's not offside, you're celebrating because there's no way he misses from there. There's absolutely no way, and I love like the way he kind of opened up his hips as he faces up to the goalie, gives himself an angle. 
passes it into the net and yeah it's just something I never thought would happen like seeing him back here scoring goals at the grounds and and I just I'm so happy for him yeah man it's like it's just he just has like a a new lease of life it's uh it's fantastic to see and as I said like you can tell that he's just really enjoying his football and I guess that's Mm. what it's all about right um so I I feel like we're managing his minutes really well as well like we're not playing him to death it's still like he, he has a start, then he'll play like a 20 minutes at the end, give him 60 minutes, which is what I know he, he probably feels perfectly fit now, but like that's that's intelligent. And we've got we've got the depth to do that. We've got in ridiculous depth, quite frankly, right now. Um, so we can take but, our time with him. But when he's so good, he can play like a 30 minutes and still make the team of the week. So um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just need to play a full 90. <laughs> so yeah, so um who was your uh Molson, man of the match. Um, my Molson man of the match was let's Mo Omar. Nice, that's a good, that's a good shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to give it to. I don't, I don't want to give it to somebody who's like just every week we kind of pick, but it's kind of, it's kind of tough. But uh, I'm actually going to give it to to Jan Filion. I think that uh, when the game was a little bit um tricky for us like he came up with a kind of couple of good saves and his dedication to feigning injury now to kind of to to kind of when things are a little bit tough i know but it's don't sell him out i know man but like, like <laughs> even the ref was kind of coming on to coming over to going like come on mate like you're fucking like whatever but uh, all, yeah all the, to- all, all the top teams do it honestly no well it's it's all just, the top teams I, do it I, I love it. Uh, Seven, uh, yeah. 70th minute on the dot is yeah. what it was on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, man, like w- what a great guy to have playing for our team and what a great guy that he, like, he is with the fans. And, you know, I, I think he did the flag thing this time. He did, and, yeah. He made it know, to the halfway line and bottled yeah, it. Yeah, which I wouldn't blame him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was, yeah, he's a really good guy and uh, well-deserved to be in the team of the week. And uh yeah, but we, we still got them there. Anyway, so let's uh, look at our questions here. Sorry, just pre- I'm really not prepared for anything. So where are we? Okay, with justice for Jan being successful, uh, which player who hasn't made team of the week this season would you campaign for next? That's from uh, Jordan McManus. You know what? I think we should plow our energy into campaigning for Patrice to be coach of the season, coach of the year. Don't they, do, don't they do like a coach of the month or something? He's won that, hasn't he? He did win that, I think. Yeah, he won that. I don't know how often they do that, but I, th- I think we need to we need to go in there early with a campaign in to get him to be coach of the season because honestly, like, just I, I know kind of when when we're kind of analysing stuff week by week, we, it, everything gets a bit granular the way we look at it. But if we like take a step back and look at the big picture, like fourteen new players new coach working in a professional environment for the first time and if just you compare like not only the way we're playing but not only the results we're getting as well but like just the overall mood and how we all feel about our football club compared to this time last year like the how happy everyone is like yeah I, I mean like we've already surpassed the points total from last year we've scored more goals than last year already it's just a complete it's just such a nice place to be right now and I think Patrice and and Jed and Jordan and Jan like just yeah they've done such a wonderful job so yeah I think we should put our energy into okay. getting the campaign rolling on Patrice for coach of the year. Okay, the campaign starts tomorrow. Yeah. Um so 
thanks for the question, uh, Jordan. So the next one is from Denton, uh, who still through all that horrible weather, still turned up in his uh, his privateer's outfit. What a, <laughs> what a, what a guy. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the game was seeing us get three yellow cards for excessive celebrations against a struggling <laughs> team. Uh, do you think that's something that'll just get addressed by the coaching staff, or was it just something that we had to get out of our system? Um, I, I, me personally, I think that um, Joe, Joe, I can understand because, like, you know, every time he scores, there must be just like so much adrenaline running through his body from all of the, the shit he's been going through and all that kind of stuff. But, um, it is kind of you are kind of right in a way too that like they should kind of like chill out but i think it's more to do as well with the fact that it was such a shitty day mm. you know what i mean and it was just like that kind of like like wasn't it thomas Geraldo's like first uh professional, professional go yeah. so mm. you can kind of understand that i suppose you know but mm. yeah um lads brain it in a little bit you know it's yeah. uh you're, you're gonna be too overboard say, um, save it for the playoff final that's yes that sort of thing there we go love it but yeah. yeah i know I, I completely i do see i do i'm pro i'm pro fun and pro showing emotions but i'm also like i see where denon's coming from there massively yeah. especially yeah. as like i don't know what the yellow card situation is for any of those but if you're kind of on the edge then like yeah. can you imagine if like like i know that we talked a while there about lorenzo like having like a second hit of being suspended <laughs> like mm. if it was for something like that like we'd all be like going like you fucking donkey so yeah i, I kind of get there's it no, there's it. no way lorenzo's taking off his shirt if he scores a goal <laughs> No, not a chance. He's pulling no. a cigarette from his sock <laughs> and slowly lighting <laughs> it, <laughs> and then someone's just going to hand him a glass of brandy. <laughs> a cravat will come from nowhere. You just uh, have no way. And a smoking jacket. <laughs> uh, thanks for the question, Denton. Um, this one's from twitch.tv forward slash brat, which is a uh, Damon. Uh, with how close the table is currently. What challenges stand in the way of us securing a playoff spot? That's a really good question. Not that the other two weren't. It is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's so it's so congested. You don't want to, you don't want to, like, like, you, you see Pacific right now and how quickly just a few bad results in a row can kind of flip how you're looking at the table. Um, so I think just, con- just consistency, which I think will give, like, we've, we've we've had a consistent level of performance for nearly the whole season, to be honest, yep. the results took a while to come, but we've had a consistent level of performance. And the thing, the thing that's good with us is we tend to bounce back after a bad performance or, or a defeat. So you never get the sense of us kind of like being in the washing machine a little bit when we start to lose and just getting thrown around. So yeah, that, I mean, that's the only thing that I can see going wrong is just if we put a few bad results together, but I, don't see that happening to be honest so yeah who who it's just it's just so congested though that you just never know do you yeah i think i think uh complacency will be the the, the killer for us you know mm. obviously we've got um a, a few home games to go to and it's just a matter of everybody like keeping their feet on the ground because obviously we're in a good we're in a good situation right now in terms of like the performances and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's just a matter of like not taking everything, anything for granted because, you know, we, we anything can happen. And when it's this tight in the, in the league, like, I mean, what was it? Four points between like first and fifth. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not so. And yeah. The, and the, the, the thing, the good thing about that is I think the biggest kind of, the biggest kind of antidote to complacency is having, 
good depth because yep. players, if they know their position is constantly up for grabs because there's absolute quality on the bench, they don't get complacent because they know someone will just jump into their position in five minutes if they do. So that should yep. stop that happening. Yeah, and like uh, this this game next um, this game next Monday is huge in that regard. Like, like we mm. we kind of need a victory here just to kind of push York up further away from the, the playoff situation. So, um, yeah. But um, the, the, the good thing about that is they need a victory far more than we need a victory. That's true. We've got a game in hand on them, and we're three points above them. So they have they have to they have to come out and try and win that game, which is good news for us so like we could draw that and we'll still probably make the playoffs yeah but they need to win it so yeah uh but don't don't listen to anybody uh sorry don't listen to gary on any of that like just go for the win don't be going for draws or <laughs> no or, no definitely go for the win yeah yeah, yeah all right mm. uh so uh i can just picture you as a coach at halftime team talk <laughs> lads you know don't worry about it too much you know it's like we're three points ahead here we've got a, like a game in hand so you know just, yeah just we're just talking about complacency and i'm like yeah draws fine <laughs> uh this one is from nigel uh what this is obviously that the hot topic for the wonders like for the past little while and it's their their dreaded friend the under 21 minute limit um what happens if we don't reach the under 21 limit Uh, not including the last game we have a long way to go so you know there was a lot of i don't know rumblings about like the fact that we didn't start any under 21s on the game on uh, on on saturday and obviously we this this number is something that we need to hit um so what's 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 your thoughts just i mean I, I if he hasn't already like listen to the interview you did with jed like when you asked jed about that and like i've i've felt completely calm about it since hearing his answer where they have a plan a a plan b and a plan c to make sure yeah. it happens they've already kind of looked ahead and mapped out where these minutes are going to come from so I have complete trust in that, in whatever they've planned out to make it happen. And and I like I really think like separately from that, the league really needs to look at that age. Because 21 yep. is not in in like the North American system when players are coming out of college when they're 22, 21 just does not work as an age. Like yep. we've we've got the young, we've pretty much got the youngest team in the league, and we're not hitting those 21 minutes yet. Like that that tells me there's an issue with how the league is doing it rather than what we're doing. Cause we've got a lot of 22 year olds because that's the age they are when they come out of college. That, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're going to have a, a draft system come based off college and then like a lot of Canadian kids playing in the, the, the American system too. I mean, it feels like under 23 would be the the place to kind of go with it. But exactly. hey, uh, what do we know? Um, so yeah, Gary, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I think, um, uh, my, my uh, just to, to let you in on a secret, uh, my two-year-old twins has have been like put on standby to make up those minutes in case uh, excellent it all goes sits up towards the end of the year. <laughs> so yeah, Alfie, Alfie and Damon Abbott, you might see them out on the pitch at some stage. Um, but yeah, what, man, what, it's, what, uh, are they going to be like the DeBoers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ronald oh, and yeah. <laughs> Frank DeBoer, <laughs> right and left back. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> yes, um, so. Great win. Um, looking forward to Monday. Um, yeah, it's kind of nice just having these episodes where we get to kind of have a bit of a laugh, a bit of a giggle, and it's not all Debbie Downer stuff, man. It's kind of nice. So, uh, yeah. in the glory. Love it. Yep. Great to hang out again, buddy. Talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers, bud.
Get out. Out of trouble.